0: morning, everyone. It's a great day to be here, and it is good to see you. It's great to have people join us both online and in person. It's both good to have our regular folks here, and it's good to have visitors. So if you're visiting this morning, we are thankful that you've joined us for worship, and we hope that you engage with us as we sing praises to the Lord and we study His Word together. I hope today, if you find anything that you find The message of hope that God gives to us all through his word and that is made present and real through the presence of Jesus that is in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And so I just hope that as we can worship together this morning that we'll we'll quiet our hearts before the Lord amidst all the things that are going on around us and we'll listen to his voice and we'll worship and praise him together. Let me just mention a few things before we read scripture together and and pray. Uh, First of all, right after the service this morning, we'll have our quarterly meeting, the first one of 2021. So hopefully we can start that um, as soon as we're able and end it as soon as we're able so that we can move on toward lunch, because I'm sure many of you will be hungry and we look forward to the time when the situation allows us to share the the fellowship meal together. Um, And hopefully that will be sooner than then later. Just want to invite you, if you are able, during the week, 11 o'clock on Wednesdays, we have an adult Bible study together and a prayer time. We meet here at the church. It's a good opportunity to fellowship and kind of recharge during the midweek. Starts at 11. We're usually done by noon, and so you'll be home in time for lunch, and that's 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. And then just a reminder, there will be no um, no Zoom prayer meeting this Wednesday evening, and so we look forward to resuming that next week. But we will not uh, meet together this Wednesday evening. I was reading in the book of, of Romans this morning a few minutes earlier, and I was just reminded how God's word is so interconnected. And I was reading the the end of chapter eleven and the first part of chapter twelve, and I wanted to share that with you this morning before we took opportunity to pray. At the end of chapter eleven, Paul I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Will you join me as we pray together? Lord, we are so grateful that... In you are the depths and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge that we so desperately need. And we thank you that your ways, while they're unsearchable and they're beyond our ability to reason, that they are good and that your way is perfect. And we thank you that all things are from you and all things will return to you. And we give you glory this morning. And just like Paul wrote in this letter, we offer ourselves to you this morning, God, that we would be living sacrifices, that we would be ready to accept what you have for us, that we could worship you this day in both spirit and in truth, that we would find that you call us to form ourselves more and more into the image of your son, Jesus, and to not conform to the ways of the world. And so, Lord, I pray that you would work this transforming work in us by the power of your spirit as we sing together, as we study your word together. That you would show us what pleases you. Show us uh, show us what is acceptable in your sight. And Lord, help us to be agents of hope and agents of love in the world that is around us. Father, we're still reminded of the division that exists in our country and the need we have for, for revival and for healing. We're reminded of the, the ravages of sickness and disease that continue to Abound We're reminded that the the pandemic is still here That there are many other things that afflict us, but we're thankful that you are our healer God, we're reminded that The value of life in the ways of the world is diminished that people look at the unborn and the elderly and And many think that they don't deserve the right to live. But, oh God, we come before you this morning thanking you and you alone that you're the one that numbers our days. You're the one that speaks life, and you're the one that gives life. And so we say this morning, God, that we hold life to be sacred because it's sacred to you. Or that every person is precious in your sight. And, Lord, in the, the days to come, as there are challenges to these truths, help us to stand firm in what we believe. Help us to not grow weary in doing good. Help us to not grow tired in our prayers and our intercessions for our government. And we do pray for them. Your word corrects us. Your word commands us to. And so, Lord, we do. We pray for their the counsel that surrounds them, for the leadership that they they choose. And we thank you that you have a plan and a purpose. And Lord, help us to not fail in calling out to you. Help us this morning, in in the time that we have together, in this short hour, to hear from you. Lord, that you would change us and transform us. You would help us to be more like your son, Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. We
1: worship our great Lord. You give life, you are love. 17 talks about that every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father above, our good Father. Oh, I...
0: And in, amen. What a declaration for all of us that we do have a desperate need for a Savior. And if you're like me, I'm reminded of that very fact often. It is good to have opportunity to sing and to study God's Word together. And I want to just invite you, if you brought a Bible along with you or if you want to pull it up on your phone, to turn to the 23rd chapter of the book of Joshua. We are drawing near the end of our study of the book of Joshua as we have been looking at the theme of victorious living with a few stops and pauses along the way. Lord willing, we'll finish up next week. And I hope you've enjoyed the encouragement and the exhortation that we find in God's Word through this leader, Joshua. I don't know about you, but there are times that I've asked myself this question. Am I going to finish? Some of you, it may be that you're getting toward the end of your high school education. You're thinking, is it ever going to be over? Am I going to get there? Am I going to graduate? Some people may be have worked on an advanced degree, maybe a master's degree or a Ph.D., and you think, will I ever finish? Some of you may have trained to run and entered into a marathon, and as your your body begins to hurt, your muscles begin to ache, and you feel like you can't take in another breath, you're wondering, am I going to to finish? Some of you may be later on in, in life, and you want to be able to say that you have fought the good fight and you have finished the race. And I want to talk to us tonight, this morning, from Joshua 23 about something that he encourages the people to do, and that is to stay strong until the end. To stay faithful to the Lord and to his word until the very end of our days. It should be the the challenge that is before us, that as we run the race of faith, That we expect to finish, but not just finish, but to finish well. And so I hope as we look at these verses together this morning, that we can gather our minds and our hearts around the idea that this idea of victorious living requires obedience to God's word, separation from the world, abiding or clinging to Christ, and then loving God and other people. I'd like us to read these verses together. There are 16 verses um, in the chapter. Um, If you are able, um, I would invite you to join in standing together as we read um, from God's Word. And in Joshua chapter 23, verse 1. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain, along with all the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan. To the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight, and you shall possess the land just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with those nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them. But you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them, so that you associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you. But they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. And now I am about to go the way of all the earth, and you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. But just as all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon all the evil things until he has destroyed you from off this good land that the Lord your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down before them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from off the good land that he has Has given you. Lord, thank you for your word. It is your voice speaking to us, and we ask this morning that you speak to us by your word and by your spirit. You would guide us rightly into truth. You would help us to see ourselves and to see you, and that we would be changed and transformed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Victorious living requires obedience to God's word separation from the world, abiding or clinging to Christ, and loving God and loving others. It's what we're going to to talk about today. But before, let me just set the stage to get to where we are. We looked at chapter 20 about the cities of refuge. Chapter 21 details the cities that are distributed to the, the Levites that are established. Chapter 22 talks about the eastern tribes. Returning home back to the other side of the Jordan after the fighting is finished There's a story about them building an altar of witness or remembrance. There's a time of misunderstanding There's a conflict. There's resolution and then chapter 3 23 and 24 Joshua begins to speak to the people Now the scripture says that he's advanced in years and he's probably about 110 years old at this time, because he dies at 111, and he gathers all of Israel together, and he begins to share these final words. It's his farewell address, filled with encouragement and reminders. The time is a time when the land is at rest from their enemies. The fighting, for the most part, is ended The conquest has taken place, and the people are in the process of taking possession of what land is theirs. So there was still work to be done. They needed to lay hold of what God had given them. And so the question that we want to ask from this today is, how can you and I live in victory and stay strong to the end? And I want us to use four words to kind of center our our argument this morning. Those words are obey, separate, abide, and love. You see it's true that we that Jesus secured the victory that we have on the cross, and by faith we participate in that victory. We're the beneficiaries of what he has done for us and we have the opportunity to not only receive salvation but a glorious inheritance and we have the assurance that we are safe and we're secure in christ and our job as we work to stay strong to the end is to to lay a hold of what is ours in christ it means that we have to press into his word to be diligent in prayer and to receive what He has for us. Because He wants us to enjoy those blessings and benefits that are rightfully ours in His kingdom. And back in Joshua's day, he challenged the Israelites, stay strong to the end. God has something good for you. You have an inheritance, but you have to keep fighting the good fight of faith if you want to enjoy what He has for you. And he reminded them that God is always faithful. But you have a choice to make. Are you going to stick with God and follow after Him? Or are you going to turn to the side and follow something else? You see, if we're choosing to follow Jesus, our goal should be to finish well and to finish strong. To be like Caleb that we looked at a few weeks ago that that followed the Lord wholeheartedly. To be able to sing that old hymn in our hearts and our souls, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And so Joshua gives the people of his day and us four ways that we can stay strong to the wind. To the end, not the wind. Um, Obedience to God's Word. Separation from the world. Clinging to God and loving the Lord. And each one of them depends on the fact that God is faithful. Do you believe that this morning, that God is faithful? That God always does what He says He will do? You can't get a better offer than that. God is always going to do what He says He'll do. He never contradicts Himself. His plans, His purposes, nobody can stop them. They're never thwarted. And so when Joshua reminds Israel, the Lord is faithful, that was the bedrock foundational truth that everything would center on, that everything would be built upon. And he points him in verse 3 to the fact that God's faithful in the past. You've seen it. He says, all you have seen, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done. I look back over the history and you have seen what God has done in the recent past and getting us across The Jordan River and taking down the walls of Jericho and helping us conquer the the land. And then all through history, Joshua says, look back. God's been faithful. And then in verse 5, he gives them the promise of the future. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight. And all through it, he wants them to know that their God is at work and his work is great and strong. In verse 9 and 10, listen to what it says. No man has been able to stand before you to this day. If God is for us, who should stand against us? Another place in Scripture says, and then he says, one man of you puts to flight a thousand Since It is the Lord, your God, who fights for you just as he promised. It's a certain truth of God's faithfulness. The Lord, your God, will fight for you because he promised. And then look down at verse 14. Not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. Some of the older translations say that not one of His words fell to the ground. That nothing is wasted in what God does. God keeps His promises. And that may be the only thing you need to hear this morning. God keeps His promises. And nothing can stop them. But those promises, Joshua was careful to remind them had a condition. That it was obedience. That it was faithfulness to God that would ensure God's presence with them in their blessing and their disobedience, their transgression, their turning to the right or to the left would bring them defeat and judgment. And in a way, this ending section in chapter 23 and chapter 24 take us all the way back to the beginning of chapter one remember these words chapter one verse eight this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then condition you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success So if we want to stay strong to the end, obedience is mandatory. A simple way to define obedience is simply this. Do what God's Word says. It's an important part of faith. James tells us that we should be those that not only hear God's Word, but we do what it says. And Joshua is no different because in verse 6 he says, Be very strong. To do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses Turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left I think y'all would agree with me That human beings need boundaries and guidelines in life Some of us need more than others because we wander into trouble But there's a reason that there are fences around playgrounds Right? It's a barrier that keeps danger on the outside, keeps children on the inside, and it gives a a clear and defined place. You see, God gives us His law, His instructions to clearly define what His purpose is for us. He's the one that draws the the boundaries for our our lives. And He's drawn those boundaries in good places. They're for our good. They help us because we tend to wander, and they help keep us on track. Now, I'm sure they're long gone, but I remember years ago getting to go to Six Flags, I guess back when people went to amusement parks, um, and they had those old antique cars at Six Flags, and you could drive the old antique cars, and it didn't matter how old you were, you could drive these cars because even though you had the ability to steer and the ability to push the accelerator, There was a metal rod that went down through the car that was stuck between two rails. And no matter how you steered, to the right or to the left, you couldn't run off the road. And so it was great fun. You know, you could let anybody drive those things. They would keep you out of the ditch. And God's Word, in the same way, helps to keep you and I out of the ditches of life those places of danger, places of hurt, of pain, places that lead to remorse. His word warns us of dangers, points us toward the good, motivates us to heed what he says and encourages us to experience what he has for us. But unlike those old cars at Six Flags, God gave us the ability to cross over barriers. We have what... The scripture calls a free will. We have the ability to choose. And we often veer to the right or we veer to the left. And when we do that, we face the consequences. And so obedience is the path that he's given us to to blessing. And it's not a burden. No, it's a joyful privilege that he has given us. That we have the opportunity to be obedient. And when we are, we enjoy The benefits. I think there will be a quote on the screen from Nancy Leda Moss. It says, Obedience is the pathway to blessing, the means of protection, the means of joy, and the means of finding God's best in our lives. See, God gives us this gift of obedience because it's for our good. And then we're motivated to obey Him out of His grace. It's because of our gratitude toward Him that we desire to listen and to obey Him. It's out of our fear of the Lord or our respect that we want to do what pleases God. We want to walk in obedience. And that obedience is the proof of our love relationship with God. That's why Jesus says in John fourteen twenty one, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And so we show our love by our obedience and our obedience shows our love. And so, because of this important word, obey, Joshua calls all of Israel to be careful to follow God's word, to be very specific in their obedience, to take advantage of opportunities to put their action, faith, to action. And the first application he gives them is the very next thing, and that's a call to stand out from the rest of the world. You see, if you're like me and most human beings, we have this temptation to blend in and not be noticed. Don't create waves. Don't rock the boat. That the easiest way sometimes is if we just Look like the world and think like the world and act like the world because then it doesn't cause any troubles It doesn't raise any red flags and people leave us alone We'll see back in that day and still in our day. God calls his people to be peculiar unique to be a light to the nations To be beacons of hope and truth and love And so the second thing he gives right after he talks about obedience is this word separate. Verse 7 says you that you may not mix with those nations among you. And so the way I term this simply is to reserve yourself for God. See Israel was called by God to be to be set apart, set apart for this special relationship with God. They were his chosen people. Deuteronomy Seven tells us that they were his treasured possession, a holy people, a people all his own. They were set apart from the world. And he tells them, don't get mixed up with other nations. Don't go after what they want. Don't marry the other people of other Nations. And I want to be very clear that what he's talking about here is all about religion. It's about, okay, these are God's people and these are people that don't follow the one true God and you don't have any business mixing with them or marrying them. It's not an admonition against race. It's not a calling of that people of different ethnic backgrounds are not to marry one another. It's simply that somebody that walks with God is not supposed to marry somebody that's not walking with God. Because God knew what would happen If they married The sons would turn away from God And they would serve other gods And it still Is the same today As Paul tells us that we shouldn't be Unequally yoked with Unbelievers in 2nd Corinthians 6 So young Person Middle aged person, older person who Who you marry Matters And if they don't love Jesus and follow after Him, then you're better off looking somewhere else. But in this being set apart, Joshua also reminds the people to stay devoted to God. He says, don't mention, swear, serve, or bow down to other gods. Don't meddle around. Don't fiddle with the things they believe in. Don't do investigations into their religion. Don't get pulled down. Stay true. Because like Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Now, let's be honest. Separation from the world can be painful and it can be difficult. Because sacrifice is never easy. And when you choose to do this, when you choose to not be like the world, you're going to suffer loss. You'll lose friends. You may lose some recognition. Maybe some fame or income. People are going to misunderstand you. You're going to be maligned by some and marginalized by others. And and you'll look different. and, And you should. And hopefully, the Jesus in you will shine out to the world around you. And so the question I have, just kind of a personal reflection question that I wrote down for myself and for you as well. How different am I than the culture around me? Is there a noticeable difference? If people were asked this question, what would they say? What would people say I'm set apart to? Oh, well, you know, he's he's totally devoted to his career. He's totally devoted to baseball or, or this. What would they say? Or would they say he's devoted to Jesus? And then does Jesus shine in me? Because conforming to the ways of the world is never, ever the answer. But connecting ourselves to the transforming power of Jesus is the solution. Which leads us to our third word, which is cling. Or if you want to write the word abide there, you can too. But Joshua, in verse 8, says, You shall cling to the Lord your God just as you have done to this day. Simply put, stay close to Jesus. That word cling means to keep close to or to stick with. It's the same word in Genesis chapter 2 when the word says a, a man will leave his mother and will cleave to his wife. That a man and a woman, that they will cling together. Deuteronomy 10 uses it to say that we should hold fast to the Lord. Lord. You see, Joshua knew, and God was reminding them that the success of Israel relied totally on their closeness to the Lord, that as they trusted in him and obeyed him out of love, they would grow closer to him and, and find success, that they would follow after him, follow his leadership, they would enjoy his presence. And when we get to the New Testament, that word cling, we could use the word abide, to remain beside or to continue near. It's a word of intimacy, of closeness, of affection. And when we talk about abiding, it's about our intimacy with the Lord Jesus. It's sticking close to him, allowing him to speak It's fellowshipping with Jesus. We do that through prayer. We do that through meditation. We do it through reading God's Word. We do it through just being still before Him. And when we do that, when we spend time with Jesus, it energizes us with His Spirit. It gives us the equipping we need to live our lives because Jesus reminds us in John 15, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Oh, how many fruitless Christians who fill the pages of church roles that never seem to understand that God wants a relationship. He desires us to be close to Him. And as we abide in Him, He fills us with His Spirit and He gives us what we need to be fruitful. That His presence in us by His Spirit gives us the power we need to serve, the power we need to overcome sin, to resist temptation, to walk by faith and to love other people. Try doing any of those things on your own and you'll figure out that you run out of what you can do very quickly. But then he equips us. He gives us what we need each day to do the things he calls us to do. But on the other side of that, closeness is encouraged. Distance from Jesus is dangerous. You see, the further we drift away from Jesus, the weaker our affection grows. The duller our hearing, but the louder the voice of the world grows. That it becomes more difficult to hear Jesus, but it becomes easier to hear the whispers and the shouts of the world. The spiritual power that He equips us with will diminish, our light will fade. And so Joshua encourages the people, cling to the Lord your God. Hold on with what you have. Jesus says, abide in me. And Paul says, therefore, as you have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. If we want to stay strong to the end, we've got to hold fast, abide, cling to Jesus. So a couple of questions to consider at this point. How's your relationship with Jesus? Are you experiencing close fellowship with him? Or if you were really honest, would you say no? It's pretty cold and I feel pretty distant right now. Here's the promise. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He's not near as far away as you think he is. But J. Oswald Sanders, who worked with China Inland Mission, wrote these words. Both scripture and experience teach that it is we, not God, who determine the degree of intimacy with Him that we enjoy. And then listen to this clincher. We are at this moment as close to God as we really choose to be. The depth of your relationship with Jesus right now is only as deep as you want it to be you want to go deeper with him? Now, saved the one that is probably the most important for last. All the others depend on this one thing. Paul said there was faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these remains. It is love. In Deuteronomy 6, the great Shema hero Israel says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your heart. Might, And the fourth thing we have is love. And the sentence that goes with that is, Love God with all you've got. You see, the level of our obedience is directly related to our love for God. How much we choose to separate from the world and dedicate ourselves to God is related to our love for Him. Abiding in Christ, it's a love relationship that grows and develops if we nurture it. And so Joshua cautions the people, verse 11, Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. It's the heart of his message, and he deals with the very heart of the people of Israel in our hearts today. Who would they be devoted to? Who would they choose to serve? What would they love? And if you are growing in your love for God, if you're deepening your relationship with Him, everything else follows in place. The more you love God, the more you'll have a desire to do what He says. As that love grows in your heart, your desire for the things of the world is going to diminish. The more that you love God, the greater your desire to cling to Him, to want to be close to Him. See, Joshua was warning the people. God was warning His people because He knew if there was ever a lapse in their love, there would be consequences. Because if their love diminished... They would turn from God, and they would turn to something else. Their obedience would falter. They would run after other gods. They would follow their beliefs. And in verse 13, he says, Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good ground that the Lord your God has given you. What's he saying? Very simply, when we put our love in the wrong place, we cannot and will not live in victory. You see, if they chose to remain faithful to God, if they chose to love God, then God would give them victory in the land and allow them to live in that good land. But if they turned from their love for God, he says, those people that you wanted more than me... I'm going to let you go to them, but you're not going to find them to be satisfying. You're going to find them to be like a snare, a trap, a whip, to be like thorns. And you perish, until you perish off this good ground, that they would be outside his place of blessing. They would find no satisfaction. It's a reminder that compromise is always a trap. When we choose to lower our standards, when we give in to the ways of the world, you know what we get? We get what the world can provide. And it's always going to be a snare, a trap, a whip, a thorn. It seems good at the moment, but it winds up being painful. And God's power is limited in our lives when we choose to step outside of his best. And we choose by our own actions to live in defeat when God ensures and gives us victory. God didn't ever plan for me and you to walk in defeat. He wants us to walk victorious, to be strong to the end. And what does he give us as the key is to love God with everything you've got. Caleb, a few weeks ago, followed God wholeheartedly. He was sold out. And if we desire to place a love relationship with Jesus above everything else, make that our number one goal, to be very intentional, to build that relationship and to be consistent in doing it, we will grow. And then we can trust God to do his work in us and give us the victory that he has. And one of the fruits that we'll see from that is the love that we have for God will naturally flow into a love for other people. John reminds us in 1 John 4 that we can love because God loved us first. That we only have the capability to love other people because God loved us first. And oh, in our day, as Christians, in in Burleson, in in Joshua, in, in Texas, in the United States, we need to commit ourselves to love other people without exception. Because I really believe that it's going to be love, not legislation, that will change the course of our nation. That when... God-loving, obedient believers make a commitment to follow Jesus and share His love, that great things will happen. Oh, that God would fill us again and afresh with His Spirit, that His love would flow in us and through us, and that we would overflow with love in the words that we speak and the things that we do. Oh, and the results could be so glorious that lost sheep would be found, that prodigals would come back home, that addicts would be set free, that helpless and hopeless people would be delivered. That's what victory sounds like. Let me just repeat what I said at the start. Victorious living requires obedience to God's Word, separation from the world, abiding in Christ and loving God and others. The last 10 to 11 months have been, maybe even understating it, very difficult for our nation and for our world. We've seen... Our economy altered, daily life altered, church altered. Many people have a very dim outlook on the future. And I ask myself the question, could you and I make a difference in this world by living the victorious Christian life? Ask yourself, could you, could I make a difference in this world by living the victorious Christian life? life the answer is yes if we put the promises of god's word into practice let me just give you three things that we can we can do this week to help us the first thing is just ask god to give you prompt obedience ask god to give you that gift of prompt obedience y'all know what that looks like right if you're a parent that when you say something to your children and ask them to do it, that they jump up and they do it. But you also know what not so prompt obedience looks like when you say something and you say it again and you say it a third time and there's still no movement. And before we get too hard on children, let's be honest with ourselves. How many times has God told you to do something and you say, not now, I'm busy, I can't, I'm afraid, or we just ignore. Ask God to give you prompt obedience. Second thing, seek God. Ask God how you need to to separate from the world. There are things right now in our lives that God would desire us to cut ties with. Ways that we are connected to the world. Things that could be contrary to His Word. Things that might not be contrary to His Word, but detract from our relationship with Him and say, God, how do I need to separate from the world? So prompt obedience. Ask God to separate. And then commit to spend time with Jesus each day next week. Notice I didn't say every day for the rest of your lives. I'm just saying for the next week. We're going to start small and we're going to grow. Spend time with Jesus each day next week. And for some of us, it may be commit to spend time with Jesus today and then tomorrow and then the next day. If we do those three things, it will help us to begin to build into our lives the faith that we need if we're going to stay strong to the end. And as we close, I just say, Lord, help us to hear your word and do what it says to reject those things from the world and to run to the sweet embrace of our Savior, to cling to him, to learn, to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and our strength. And, oh, God, in this day, help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Oh, Lord, help us to stay strong to the end. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you for your words through Joshua. We thank you that you have been consistent in your word to show us what you expect. And that's to give us, to give you all that we are. To offer ourselves as Paul suggested as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to you Lord help us to not be transformed to the world, conformed to the world but by your Holy Spirit power help us to be transformed by the renewal of our minds help us to discern what your will is, what's good and acceptable and perfect, what to keep and what to lay aside Help us to take these words of encouragement and caution from Joshua. Trusting and knowing that your word has a plan and a purpose and not one of your words has fallen to the ground. Unnoticed or unkept. And so we submit ourselves to you this morning a faithful God who desires to do great things among his people and say, God, have your way in us and with us. Lord, you are are great and you are mighty, and we acknowledge that you have everything that we need. And as we direct our hearts toward you, help us to find satisfaction, help us to find identity, help us to find life in the person of Your Son, Jesus. And we pray in His name. Amen. This morning we will have a time that we'll sing together. It's a moment to to reflect and to respond to the truth of of God's Word. Maybe that's a, a returning to relationship with Him. Maybe it's a recommitment of your devotion to the Lord Jesus. Maybe it's for the very first time Saying, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I'm running away from all the things of the world and I'm running to you. And I want to find you faithful. I want you to be Lord and Savior. Or maybe it's seeking Him to gain that obedience, that prompt, that when He speaks, we listen and we respond. Maybe it's letting go of something, laying it down at the altar and saying, Jesus, I let go of this because you are better. Or maybe it's that commitment to love. That God would crucify the unlovable nature in our hearts and would give us the, the love that He pours into us by His Spirit. I invite you to join in, in standing together. We're going to sing. And, and while we, we sing, it's an opportunity for you to respond to the Lord whether it's down in front of the altar or right there where you're you're standing. But would you stand and would you sing as God speaks?
1: You give life.
0: today to get out on a, a dreary rainy day in January to be in church. It's good to see you and I'm glad you're here. Just a reminder, um, church family, we'll be having our quarterly meeting in just a moment after um, probably about five minutes. We'll try to start about five minutes after we, we conclude in just a moment with a song. And So I invite you to stay and hopefully we can make pretty good time and working through the things that we, we need to. But again, just thank you for being here. I pray that this week the Lord would would grant you um, the ability to to obey Him promptly, to desire His presence, to show your gra- let it, love and gratitude to Him in, in different ways, and that we would grow in our relationship with Him, and that the world around us would take notice. Amen. So we're going to sing together, and when we start singing, you're free to go. So
1: let's
0: yeah.